Welcome to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcast. Feel free to download these sermons and share them with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. God bless. I believe this is a word for us this morning that we need to hear. And I mean, you can never go wrong with preaching scripture. It's always something that we can hear. But I really believe that God has brought me to this place this morning to bring this specific word for us this morning, for those of you who are here this morning. An illustration before we get into the scripture is when a boxer is preparing for a fight, they have numerous months, if not up to a year, to get ready for that fight um, that's coming. They know it's on the way. Um, They will do certain forms of training to get themselves prepared for the fight. Um, They will lift weights, gain strength. They will run long distances uh, to gain endurance. They'll do the old skipping rope to gain stamina. Um, When I was 17, I had one boxing match. And after the first three-minute round, I was completely exhausted, like huffing and puffing. So you need, you need stamina in a fight, in a boxing match. I know that firsthand, and I won the fight. Praise the Lord. Um, <clears throat> but another thing that they will do is, is they will find old video footage of past fights of their opponent that's coming up, and they will watch to see how that fighter fights. They will watch him. They, they want to see his movements. They want to see, does he do headshots the most or does he do body shots the most? What are his tactics? What, what's the boxer's plan? Is he a southpaw? Is he a normal paw? It, wh- how does he fight? I want to know how he fights. Because they can train all they want, but they need to know who they're going up against. They need to know that in the sport of boxing. And for us as believers... In our spiritual fight, we need to know how our enemy fights. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, it says this about our enemy, Satan, that we are not unaware of his devices. Another version says that we are familiar with his evil schemes. Satan's evil schemes is the way that he fights. He fights with evil devices and evil plans. He fights with lies. And we need to be aware of how he fights. Why? So that when we are up against him, we can combat him. When Satan fights us, when he attacks Christians in the spiritual war that we are in, we don't visibly see him, do we? We don't see it with our eyes. We don't see it coming with our eyes, but we see the effects of his attack. We see the results from his attack. Just like the wind, when there's a powerful windstorm, we don't see the wind. We can hear it, but then when the wind goes through, we see the results and the damage that the wind has done. And that's the same way with spiritual warfare. We can't see our enemy. He's in the spiritual realm. And we are in the natural realm. But in the spirit, there is a war that is raging. And it has always been God versus Satan, good versus evil. It's always been that way. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about the invisible war. Invisible. That means you can't see it. It's invisible. 
you see sometimes on superhero movies that one superhero might have a power of being invisible. That's the hardest one to fight. Why? Because you don't know where they are. You can't see them. It's like they, they, Dan's the superhero. I can see him and I swing and then he disappears and I don't know where he is. And he comes and punches me and hurts me, right? But the invisible war is what I want to look at this morning. And I just want to start, just listen to the, to the scripture this morning. I have a lot. Very familiar. In Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 12, Paul says, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. We can't see it. It's an unseen world against mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. This is such a f- familiar passage. We, we learn it as kids. But sometimes we can so quickly read through it. But it starts by saying, be strong in the Lord. Not just be strong. Not just suck it up and come on, get your act together, toughen up a little bit. It's not that at all. It's never about our strength. Aren't you glad for that? We would all be defeated, like, very quickly. But our warfare against the devil and his demonic forces is always by the strength of God. Amen? And how does that look? It's simply by trusting his promises. Keeping your faith. The the scripture says, hold fast to the profession of your faith. That is what it means. How do I be strong in the Lord? You don't lose your profession of faith in his word, in his truth, in him. That he is with you and for you and loves you. That's being strong in the Lord. So that when you're attacked and when you're in the battle, you can say, no, I'm weak in my flesh. But the Bible says that in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. So we must go into battle first and foremost, always being strong in the Lord. Number two, we need to stand firm against him. That can be hard because sometimes the battle is very intimidating and it can make your physical knees tremble. The word of God says we need to stand firm. If, if there's a soldier and he is commissioned to go to battle and war, do you think he's going to sit there waiting for the enemy to come? You think he's going to go and take a seat there and just put his, his, his foot up on his leg and just rest? No, he is in full combat mode. He is standing firm. Why? Because he has to be ready. And the same applies for you and for me this morning. Stand firm against him, against him. When he's coming at you, don't run away. David said to Goliath, I come at you in the name of the Lord who will deliver you today. Never run from Satan. He must flee from you. And we will learn that today. But stand firm. Stand firm. Don't give in. Stand firm. Bible says, and we've already touched on this, that our war is invisible. It's an unseen world. There is a natural world that we see all around us with our eyes. But there is even more. More of a reality is the spiritual realm. Do you believe that? It is absolutely true. The scripture says in one place that everything visible has come from from that which is invisible. 
Amen? Do you realize that we are eternal spirit beings and we've just been given a, a body of bones and flesh? We are spirits. We are spirits with, a, with an encasing around us. And we are eternal spirits. So we are fighting in the spiritual realm even though we don't see it and even though we don't live in it. We are fighting in the unseen world. We find here in the book of Luke chapter 10, Jesus is commissioning this, a group of disciples to go out to the places that he would eventually go, but to go out two by two and to preach the gospel of the Messiah. And we read here in Luke chapter 10, verses 1. The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places that he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Now go and remember, he's telling them, I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. That doesn't sound very fair. And everybody said amen. It doesn't sound very fair initially, does it? But I found on sheep101.com that sheep have come to rely for, for protection from their predators from man. Sheep rely on man. Sheep rely on the shepherd. They cannot protect themselves. We also find that they use their natural herding instinct to band together for safety. A sheep that is by itself is vulnerable to attack. So listen, Jesus has sent you and I out into this world we are like lambs among wolves. If you don't know, wolves will eat lambs up for dinner. They will. And Jesus sends us out like that. But the lambs rely fully upon the shepherd. Fully. They have no reliance upon themselves. That needs to be our testimony. I cannot have any reliance upon myself. I will fail. I will be eaten by a wolf. And then it says, sheep stick together. That's the church. That's this this morning right here. Amen? Like, we, that's why we're sheep. Because the Lord knows we need one another. You can never be a victorious Christian on your own. You can never be a victorious Christian on your own. You will be prey for the enemy. You will be prey by the wolves. You will be. And so Jesus tells them, I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. And we read in verse 16, then he said to his disciples, anyone who accepts your message is accepting me. And anyone who rejects you is rejecting me. And anyone who rejects me is rejecting God who sent me. When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, he told them. I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, Jesus says, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them and nothing will injure you. Jesus says, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. That's hard to believe sometimes. Because we see the big bad, the big bad devil and we feel the opposition. And we read in scripture tactics of the enemy. And it's hard for our mind. It's hard for our faith to sometimes fully grasp that Jesus Christ has given you all 
authority over all of the power of the enemy. Do you believe that? That's what we need to do is we need to believe that. And then we can move forward in faith knowing that when the battle rages, God has given us authority. You are the highest authority. Satan is not in authority over you. Satan is not in authority. Jesus has given Christians all authority over all the power of the enemy. Now notice it says in verse 17, the 72... to return with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. It is always in Jesus name. We can never win a spiritual battle in the name of Matthew Noel. Please never try that. You will die. Why? Because Matthew Noel's name is powerless. There's no other God's name that you can use to take authority over the devil. It's not found in Mohammed or Buddha or any million God found in India. There's no other name. It is in Jesus' name that we have authority over all the power of the enemy. I had to work in a different department this week at work. And so I was just in there to help out. And the boss in in that department showed me around and I got started working and he told me a few people I had to see to get some product that I needed. And I'm like, okay, I felt a little awkward because this wasn't my normal position. And so when I went up to this person that the manager told me to, his name was Dave, I said, oh, hi, um, Dave told me to come and he asked me for you to get me some paint. I need some paint. And then there's, uh, yeah, hi, uh, I'm Matt. I'm just helping out. Uh, Dave, uh, he told me to come and he asked me to give me, can you give me like a fill stick? I, I need a fill stick. It was in the name of Dave that I went because Dave in that department has authority. And so if I just went there and here's this new guy, oh, hey, can you get me some of that stuff? They're going to be like, who are you? Like who, like literally, who are you? But because I went and I said, oh, Dave, see, it's the same. When we come in Jesus name, it is always in the name and power of Jesus Christ that we have this authority. The truth is, is that we are always in a spiritual battle. It's always around us. It's always happening, like Ephesians 6 talks about. This is just part of being a Christian. It is. And there's some Christians that write off spiritual warfare, and they write it off, and they don't want to to go there. And I can understand why they wouldn't want to go there. Who wants to think about war and fighting and battles? But as Christians... We, we have determined to serve Jesus Christ. That makes us enlisted in the army of God. And we need to take our stand and rise up as the warriors that God has made us to be. The book of Romans chapter 8 verse 18 says, Paul says, I consider that what we suffer at this present time, what we suffer at this present time cannot be compared at, with the glory that is going to be revealed in us. Do you ever suffer? Christians suffer. There's ministers out there who will preach the opposite. That you No, you should never suffer. It's, once you find Jesus, it's just a walk in the park. That's an absolute lie. Paul says these things that we suffer at this present time are not worthy to be compared to the things that are coming for us. We suffer. Christians go through things. We go through battles. We go through trials that we have no idea where they've come from. We suffer. We hurt. We cry. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse
verse 17 through 18. And this small and temporary trouble that we suffer will bring us a tremendous and eternal glory, much greater than this trouble. For we fix our attention not on things that are seen, but on things that are not seen. What can be seen lasts only for a time, but what cannot be seen lasts forever. Second Timothy chapter two, verse three. Paul tells Timothy, endure suffering along with me. Endure suffering. Endure suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. As a good soldier of Christ Jesus. We are called to be good soldiers of Christ Jesus. And that at times involves enduring suffering and pain and trials and hardship. Soldiers train for battle. Soldiers have to know their enemy. They need to know how to fight, where to go. Soldiers are fixed and focused. They're courageous and soldiers suffer at times. Now in the book of 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 through 13, Peter says this, Beloved, he's speaking to Christians, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Have you ever had something come into your life and into your path and it just felt strange? And you wondered, where did this come from? Why is this happening? What is, what is this all about? Well, the scriptures say, don't be surprised at this fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice, but rejoice in so far as you share in Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. You see, there's going to be a there's going to be an eternal day, one day, where finally his glory in heaven is revealed. And everything on earth, all the hurt and pain is going to be over with. But I also believe that seasons of warfare and seasons of battle come and go. And God will bring you to a place in this season on this earth, in your current battle, he'll bring you to a place where he, re- he reveals glory to you. And seasons of rest and strength and joy in him. I believe that. Another version of this First Peter chapter 4 says, Don't be surprised at the painful test you are suffering. The painful test you are suffering. And another says, don't be surprised or shocked that you are going through testing. But it stands out to me. It says, don't be surprised. Some of us, including me, when, I, when I'm living for the Lord and something, a hardship comes my way, sometimes I can f- find myself being surprised. Like, God, why would you kind of let this happen to me? Have you been there before? And you're, and you're, and you're surprised. And you're taken back. And and rightly so in our flesh, rightly so in our natural being. But God says, don't be surprised. In other words, it's just all part of it. It's all part of the test. You see, you and I, we need to be tested in our faith. 
We have to be so that we can grow stronger. It's only by testing that we become stronger. If we're never tested, if we're never challenged, we will never get stronger. And so God reminds us this morning, if you're going through something hard right now, don't be surprised by it. It's testing you. And when you're through it, and I said, when you're through it, you will become stronger. You will be. And all God's people said, amen. Now, this is a hard word to preach. There's much easier words to share with you that I would really enjoy. And this is a hard message to receive. There's messages that you would rather receive. And everybody said, amen. But it gets a little bit worse. It gets a little bit trickier. It gets a little bit harder to understand. Shall we go on? Let us proceed. Now, what we just read is all biblical truth for you and I this morning. We all know that. We all have experienced that. But one thing we need to know is that sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes it's actually God who leads us into trials. Sometimes it's actually God, the Holy Spirit, the good shepherd who directs our steps. It's actually him sometimes who's taking us into it. And that's when you first think that and read that in scripture, that's hard to fathom. That's sometimes that that doesn't make sense to me, but it's true. God sometimes leads us into fiery trials. Now, there's an account in Luke chapter four we're going to read here. But in previous chapters, it's this, this story we're going to read is found in all the Gospels. But Jesus comes to John the Baptist and he asked John the Baptist to baptize him. And he's water baptized by John. And when he comes up out of the water, the Holy Spirit comes upon him in the form of a dove. And then the father from heaven says, behold, this is my son, my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. This is a really wonderful moment for Jesus. This is a wonderful um, time of celebration and, and empowerment in Jesus' life so that he can begin his ministry on earth. Much like when you and I are given the Holy Spirit, it's, it's wonderful. It's powerful. He, he, he is God. And when he touches us in a powerful way, don't you love feeling the presence of God? Don't you love when, when, when there's revelation and, and, and he's speaking to you and, and, he, and he's lifted weights off of you? And he's given you joy. Don't you love that? I love that. Those spiritual high moments, those high times is where we find Jesus here. But then we read in, in Luke chapter 4, right after this happens, right after this happens, we read in Luke 4 verse 1, Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted by the devil for 40 days. That's where we stop and we find that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into a season of wilderness to be tempted and tested by Satan. And during those days, he ate nothing. And when they ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. 
The devil taking Jesus up onto a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to Jesus, I will give you all of this power and their glory for it has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I will. If you will then worship me, all of this will be yours. And Jesus answered him, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And he brought him to Jerusalem. He set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to Jesus, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning you to preserve you. And in their hands, they shall hold you up lest you strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus again answered the devil. It is said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now, when the devil had ended all of his temptations, he departed from Jesus until another time. And we find in Matthew's account of the story in Matthew 4, verse 11, it says the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. So some lessons we learned from this passage, as we've already talked about, sometimes God leads us into battles. Sometimes God allows hardship to come into our life, to test us, to strengthen us in our faith. Because God knows what is coming down the road. God knows the amount of strength you and I are going to need in order to make it through until the end. We remember the story of Job. God actually said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? God allows hardship to come our way and spiritual battles. Oftentimes, as we've touched on already, after a spiritual high moment in our lives, battles will soon follow, just like we, we found in, when Jesus was baptized here. There's been numerous times throughout Cindy and I in our ministry where we have a glorious time, whether it's in church or we're just having a wonderful week with the Lord. And next thing you know, the next day you wake up and there's, just, there's, a, there's a battle. There's opposition. That's how it works. Remember Elijah in the Old Testament on the mount against the false prophets of Baal? And great victory came from God. And the enemy was defeated. What a victorious moment. The belt, the heavyweight belt goes to Elijah. Woo! Praise God. And then Jezebel, that wicked woman, speaks. I'm going to kill you. In 24 hours, you're going to be a dead man. And immediately that man crumbles in fear and intimidation by that wicked woman. And runs for his life and says to God, I want to die. Kill me. This is the real deal. This really happens. Spiritual war. And it happens after spiritual high moments. We must be prepared. We must be on guard to, to stand firm in those times. We find in this passage that Jesus fought back. Jesus didn't give in. We also must fight back. And how we do that is by Jesus' example with the scriptures. Did you notice that Jesus, every time Satan would tempt him, Jesus would say to him, no, no, no. Satan, don't you know it is written? It is written. The word of God says, you can never combat Satan with any other word. It has to be the truth of God's word. That is the weapon. And Ephesians 6 talks about it being the sword of the spirit. That's the only opposing weapon that we carry to, 
cut off the head of that lying devil with the truth of God's word like Jesus shows us in this passage in Luke 4. And then we find that eventually the devil left him. And everybody said, the devil left him. The battle didn't last forever. So if you're going through a season of battle right now, it's going to end. Amen. There is hope for us. We just need to hold our ground and keep our faith and keep proclaiming the word of God. Keep fighting. Keep worshiping. Amen. But eventually, Satan left Jesus. The battle ended. The battle will always end, praise God. In, in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 1, the scripture says, in, for everything, for everything in life, there's a season, there's a time for every activity under heaven. That's us on earth. And then verse 8 says, there's a time for war, and then there's a time for peace. There's a time you've got to... Gird up your loins and whatever that means. And I just heard it many times. And take your shield and grab your sword. And you got to fight. You got to be engaged in your battle. You got to stand your ground. But then thank God, there's times you can just ah, rest a little bit and enjoy his beautiful presence. It's his life as a believer. Amen. But the devil eventually left him. But notice that it says until an opportune time. Until another opportunity came. That tells us that when one battle ends, enjoy that time off because there will be another. It's just how it is. And so we need to be equipping ourselves. We can't just stick our, our head in the sand. Is it like an ostrich? Is that what they do? Is that the bird? The big ugly ones? They stick their head in the sand. And, and it's the mentality was like, if I can't see, oh, all is well. We can't just put our our pillow over our head and just, oh, see, everything's fine. No, you're just going to be killed with your pillow over your head. You're at war. So we can either embrace that and say, God, I'm going to be the man and the woman of God that you've called me to be. Amen. And I'm going to stand my ground and I'm going to fight and I'm going to be the warrior that he's called me to be. And we also find in the passage where we read about how angels came and ministered and took care of Jesus in that time, God will do the same for you. Do you believe that? When you're broken and worn and tired? Remember Elijah in that story? God, kill me. Take my life. And God sent an angel. God came and ministered. He gave him a cake and some water and he fed him. He gave him spiritual life and he raised them up again. God will do the same for you. He'll meet you just where you are. He'll never leave you. He will keep fighting for you. He will. We're going to close here shortly, but the word of God says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 through 11, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace who calls you to his eternal glory in Christ after you suffered a little while, listen, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. 
To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. God's going to restore you. God's going to restore you. As you fight, as you resist, God is going to restore you and he's going to make you strong and firm and steadfast. God will do that. Amen? God will do that as you stand your ground. So as we close here, we're going to worship the Lord shortly. Some very practical weapons that we need to fight back against Satan and his demons are as follows. These are just a few. There's many more. But first is prayer. We need to pray. We need to be interceding on behalf of those who are hurting in our lives. But we need to pray and cry out to God with all of our heart, very honest before him. Prayer is a weapon. Another weapon is the weapon of fasting. God might bring you to a a, a time in your life where you need to set aside food for a day or for a set of days or for a meal. And you need to, instead of eating and, and pleasing your flesh in that moment, you're saying, no, I'm setting my flesh aside that I can seek the Lord here. And what that does, listen, what that does, it makes you very uncomfortable physically, but it builds up your spirit. It builds up your spirit, man. It does. It's like, it's like we feed our, our bodies nutritious meals throughout the day. Like most of us have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then some snacks in between. And so our body is, is never feeling hungry. We're always filled and we're always feeling healthy and strong. But how much food are we giving to our spirit, man? In times of prayer and reading God's word is, is just a snack. Are we just giving it a light snack and expecting that that to make him strong enough? to fight against the powers of darkness. We, we, we need to be considering that more. How are we feeding and what are we feeding our spirits? So not only our bodies, but our spirits are strong. And fasting does that. It's a supernatural work. There was a story in scripture when a man's son was possessed by the devil and, and disciples couldn't cast the devil out of the boy. And they said, Jesus, why can't we? And, and he said, your unbelief. But then he said, but then also, however, this kind here doesn't come out but by prayer and fasting. So there's power in prayer and fasting. There is. Another weapon that we have is talking with other Christians. Don't keep your battle to yourself. Talk to people. Get it out. Don't keep it in. The devil wants you to keep it in. Suppress it. Hide it. Put a face on like all is well. No, no. Get it out. Tell a brother or a sister that you can trust, that you know they're going to keep it to themselves and they're going to be praying for you. Amen? That's powerful. Praise and worship. Worship the Lord. Be singing all the time. Be rejoicing all of the time. There's power in praise. Another weapon is simply don't quit. Hold fast. Endure. And lastly, in the most important is declaring the truth of God's word, declaring it. Even if you don't believe it in that moment, speak it out, speak it out again. I've, I've been finding recently in my days, I've been repeating things and I just repeat it and repeat it. And it's truth. It's truth. And, and eventually I start to believe it. Oh yeah, I believe that. Amen. Praise God. There's victory. But holding on to his word. Amen. I want to read these passages here real quickly, and then we're going to worship God. Can we stand together? And we're going to, once this is done, we're going to close with the cross has the final word as our worship song to the Lord.
Well, listen to God's truth here as I declare this. Make this your own declaration this morning. Make this your own. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might or power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Through you, we will push down our enemies. Through you and your name, we will trample those who rise up against us. For I will not trust in my bow, nor my sword shall save me. But you, Lord, have saved us from our enemies and have put to shame those who hate us. In God, we boast all day long and praise your name forever. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle, my loving kindness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield and the one in whom I take refuge, who subdues people under me. For you are my lamp, O Lord. The Lord shall enlighten my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop. By my God I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven that he is a shield to all of those who trust in him. He is a shield for you this morning. Trust him. Trust him. He is your shield this morning. We're going to sing this, that the cross has the final word. Sorrow might come. There might be dark nights, but Jesus Christ, He has the final word. Do you believe that? Let's make this our prayer as we sing. Worship from your hearts. Thanks for listening to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcasts. I trust you were blessed by today's episode. We'll see you next time. God bless.